man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. And the Arameans had gone out in the lands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to his mistress, to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Now I know and I'm hoping that you're familiar with this story of Naaman and leprosy. In fact, I'm not after the leprosy. So I want to share with you up front, I really do hope that you know the story. I'm going to walk through the story to help you understand what's happening, but I'm not after the leprosy. We don't have to teach people how to thank God when we're healed. When God heals you, you know how to act, you know how to behave. What I'm really after is the journey of life. How do you behave? How do you engage God before the healing? We're going to see the healing, and then what does life look like after? So I'm really after the details before he gets healed, and what happens after he's healed. Now, I'm going to heal. Well, we go healing. We're not going to leave him a leper. We're going to heal him, but that's not my focus. Y'all follow that? So if you walk with me, I want to show you the narrative before the healing. We will heal him and look at life after. And I want you to walk with me under the umbrella, problems with a purpose. Problems with a purpose. The stuff that we're going through, is this working? Can you hear me? The stuff that we're going through, the problem that seems to set you back, if we look at it right, perhaps there's purpose behind the problem. In 2 Kings chapter 5, let's walk through the narrative together. This particular narrative, the Spirit allows us to go into a private scene of a man who's not a king, he's not a prophet, he's not a wise man, he is a captain of the army. He is a soldier, and yet the Spirit takes us into the privacy of his bedroom the place of intimacy to allow us to see what it's like to live with leprosy and keep it a secret. Amen. The Spirit sets us in the scene. Let's go back through the chapter. I'm going to walk you right through it. The Spirit sets the scene in a secret chamber of this man who is outwardly successful, respected by his peers. I wonder how much better we would know you if we saw you outside of these walls, outside of the church setting. Wonder what the perspective of the people would be if we saw you walking down the street without all of your armor on your body. Naaman is covered with armor. He's, he's, he's the captain of the host. That means his headdress would look different than the other soldiers. It is a separator. He's the captain of the host. If he says go, you have to go. If he says stop, you have to stop. Naaman is somebody. He's the captain. Y'all follow me? 
He's the captain. He's not the captain because of some under-the-cover deal. This is a man who has fought for his position. This is a man who has fought in battle, killed men, had to walk with dead men and step over them with blood on his ankles to be who he is. In fact, Jewish historians will say it is the arrow of Naaman that killed the king Ahab of Israel. And now Aram is indebted to Naaman. It is Naaman who sets them free. It is his fighting skills that promotes him to captain. He's earned this position. He's the captain of the host. And when he would walk the streets, he was so respected when he walked the streets, the ladies would bat their eyes. When he would walk the street, young men uh, would stand in awe because of who he is. The men respected him. And with all of that respect, there's still a problem. There's a secret problem. Naaman was a leper. Secret problem. Undetectable by the people. Undetectable, but still relevant in his life. I wonder. Here we are this morning. We look good on the outside. You smell good. You dress good. I wonder what you're hiding under that armor. <laughs> that if you were to take it off, what's the secret? And that you're working so hard to not allow to ooze beyond your armor to let people know what you're struggling with. What are you hiding beneath the armor? Naaman was a leper. So after he would walk the streets and the marketplace and have time with the people of his community, he would come home to deal with things that no one else had to deal with. He had to deal with things and behind closed doors that nobody knows what he's struggling with. Can I tell you something about that? Nobody knows the cost of the oil in your alabaster box. Nobody knows the stuff that you have to deal with behind closed doors. And I love God because he's not just the God in my public life. He's not just the God that makes me look good on the outside and takes care of me on the outside. And, and, but he's a God that can go behind closed doors where you can't go and help me deal with my secret stuff. Can I tell you something? All of us in here got a secret thing that's struggling, that we're struggling with that we hope nobody finds out about. And we work hard to keep it a secret. All of us. Everybody in here got a something in their life. There's that thing that you just hope nobody finds out about. Amen. And here's the struggle. And then I'm going to tell you the story. How can you be so great over here in life? and be successful and yet be struggling in your private journey? How can you have power over here and be weak over here? How can you help people through their struggles and your own stuff is not working out? How can you be strong enough to fight an army and can't fix your own problem? Naaman says, I can fight out there, but don't tell anybody that I'm a leper because if they find out I'm a leper, I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. 
If they find out I'm a leper, I'm going to lose my status because lepers were ostracized. Lepers had to be excommunicated from the society. If they find out Naaman's a leper, he loses status, he loses power, he loses adoration for, from the community because he has a secret problem called leprosy. Walk, watch this, watch this. Walk through this with me. Naaman's destroyed the power of Israel over Aram. Can you imagine? Can I, can I come down there? Is that, is that all right? If I can get closer to you, I can talk to you. And if I get closer to you and talk to you, we can get it done much faster. If it looks like, uh-oh, if it looks like that you don't understand, I got to start over. <laughs> Somebody say, we getting it, we getting it. <laughs> Listen, Naaman, I'm in, I'm in 2 Kings 5. Naaman is trying to figure out how do I keep this a secret? Watch this, look at verse 2. But Naaman was a leper. Y'all see that? Here he is, fighting, getting ready to try. And in fact, he's trying to hold on to his status. He's destroyed the power of Israel over Aram. Uh, uh, over, over Aram. Now they are free people. Can you imagine the respect and the indebtedness that the king of Aram has to Naaman? You have set us free. Naaman was somebody in his time. Y'all follow that? Yeah. Naaman is somebody. In fact, Naaman is a liberator. If they, Naaman was the Dr. King yeah. of their era. If they made church fans, Naaman's face would have been all over the fans. That's who Naaman is. But Naaman was a leper. Y'all follow that? Mighty man of value, but Naaman has a problem. Now, as horrible as having leprosy is, that's really not the problem. The more stressful thing is secretly living with it. Can you imagine the stress of having to keep a secret that you're a leper? The stuff you have to go through to make sure people don't find out that under my armor, I'm a leper. Y'all follow that? And even if he could stop the oozing from coming out beyond his armor, how do you stop the smell from hitting the nostrils of your friends? How do you stop, in fact, leprosy is that disease that you can be walking down the street and it's eating up your muscle and your bones and your fingers will just fall off. You, know, you go out to shake a brother's hand and it stays with him. <laughs> Naaman was a leper. So even if he could stop the smell and stop the rotting of the flesh, visibly he's strong to his friends. But when he gets home, he goes behind his closed doors. This is in the text. He goes home in his closed doors and behind closed doors he begins to undress and beneath all of that arm when he takes off his brass boots, when he takes off his headdressing and takes off his armor, he begins to reveal that under all of this, I'm a leper. And he doesn't mind undressing at home because the only person that's going to see him is Miss Naaman and the young Jewish maiden that he took from Israel. 
I don't mind undressing in front of her because she's nobody anyway. She doesn't know anybody. I took her from her own land. She has no connections in Aram. So I don't mind undressing in front of her. Who is she anyway? She has no influence. She has no connectivity. And yet he undresses in front of her. In spite of society, what society will say about this. He says he took her against her will, but sometimes God will put people in a spot that looks like it's against God's will and God has a plan. I'm getting ready to show you Naaman's problem has purpose. See, rather than just getting healed, there's purpose behind it. Not, that's really what I'm after. We're going to heal him. We're going to make him look right. But it's why did I have to go through what I'm going through because God says even though it looks like I'm going to kill you and even though it looks like I'm regressing on my word every now and then it's going to look like I'm going to kill you but I promise you I can get you out of this is what do you do with the problem in the process to the promise you know more more than the promise if you fall apart in process it's called process. Y'all follow that? Pro it's part of the journey. That's process. Naaman is undressing. And here's this young girl. She's watching him undress. I'm walking through Naaman uh, chapter 5 of, of 2 Kings 5. He's walking. He's, she's watching him undress. Here's this little maid who has every right to be bitter. Amen. Every right to be bitter. Snatched from her country. Now I'm a slave. Every right to just let Naaman rot. Here's the real test of character. The real test of character is what you do with power. It's not what you do in weakness. You know, weakness don't have a lot of options, but the test of who you really are is what do you do when you have the advantage? Y'all follow that? Yeah. You know, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Watch this. Who would have thought that the captain of the Lord's host of the army whose life is now in the hands of a little maid that he took from Israel. Here he is. She's in his house. She has the answer to his sickness. Can I tell you something? The answer to your problem is somewhere in your house. Stop looking out there, but the answer is in your house. What we have to do is search the house to see what's in there. Naaman is a leper and in his house is a young girl who has the answer to his problem. Does that make sense? And, and as she's looking at him undressed and she's feeling bad for him. Listen, listen. He was fighting all of those people in Israel. He killed a lot of them. It's good he didn't kill all of them. Because he wouldn't have found the answer in his house. In fact, it's good he captured this one. Because you captured a wrong maid who got attitude. She gonna sit there and let you die. But this maid Amen. Y'all act like that. That ain't real. You know, if the woman is upset, you snatching me out and ask to come here. 
Now you got me living with your people in a foreign land. I didn't ask to come here. And now she, she has the right to watch him rot. But the test of your character is what do you do when you have the power? And let me tell you something. You're not more worthy of the blessing that you want than the one you try to keep from the people you hate. You see that? So she says, I wish, I wish my master would go to Israel, would go to Samaria. There's a prophet there who could change his life. And in both cases, here's what's interesting. In both cases, Naaman and the young girl are both in prison to the same thing. They both want the same thing. The young girl watches Naaman undress and she says, I wish I had control of my life like he does. Not knowing to her that as Naaman would undress and look at the flesh that she's wearing, he would say, I wish I had the flesh that she's wearing. Both of them want something from each other. Watch the purpose. I wish he would go to Samaria. There's a prophet there who could help him. This maiden said, I got help for you, Naaman. I got help for you. There's a prophet in Israel. And if you went to him, I'm later in the chapter, catch up with me if you can. If you, if you just go to the prophet, he will set you free. Now let me tell you now, I'm not reading this. I'm translating as I'm reading. I'm interpreting at the same time. Somebody said, that's not even in the Bible what he said. You know, if you go to him, I'll, I'll help you. I know it doesn't say it that way. I'm translating as I'm interpreting it as I read it. In fact, you can find this written in the TJV. That's, that's, that's right. Tom Jackson version is on back order. You can't even order it right now. <laughs> Listen, she says, I wish you would go. He'll set you free. Oh, but you got to be willing. Here's what's powerful. He just got through killing a lot of people in Israel. But watch God and his purpose. The way you get your healing, you got to be willing to go back to the country that you just got through killing people. You got to go back to the country that you conquered. You have to be willing to embrace people who you've killed. And be glad you didn't kill all of them. Because one of them got the cure. The maid says to Naaman, Naaman, the real test of your cure is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to leave your comfort of the folk that you love, to leave your comfort of your friends and the people, your peers, and go back to Israel to get well? Naaman says, I'm going to talk to the king. He goes to the king of Aram. He talks to him. He says, this young girl said there's, there's an answer in, in Samaria. Uh, if you give me a letter, I can go. The king writes him a letter and says, here, take this to the king of Israel, and he will let you uh, get access to the prophet. He takes that letter to the king. Now, when the king of Aram sends the letter to the king of Israel, these are two countries who are in vital situations. They are almost on the verge of war with each other. And now I get a letter from the king. 
And the king of Israel says, see, that guy always trying to pick a fight. He's just trying to get us to go to war. I can't heal him. Bible says Elijah overhears it. He gets word. And he sends word to the king. says, don't worry about it. Send him to me. Naaman goes from the king to the prophet's house. Watch this. Here's what God is showing us. Elijah says, don't worry. I can take care of this. And part of what God is trying to teach Naaman is your healing is in your humility. If you, I'll do it for you if you humble yourself. I'll take care of the problem if you take the advice of the maid that you stole from Israel. I'll do it for you if you go down to a country that you think is beneath you. Here it is, Naaman is trying to go up by going up. He wants to see king. Quickest way to go up is to go down. So he sends him from the king to the prophet's house. Now follow that? He goes among prophets and maids. Naaman says, I'm somebody ought to be able to talk to kings. But he leaves the king's house. Go down to the prophet. And watch this, watch this. The way out of this, the way out of your healing, the way that you're going to get your blessing may not be in the direction that you think. It may not be even through the people that you thought should bless you. God may have your blessing. God may bless you. Your blessing may not even be in your neighborhood. Y'all know what that means? No? <laughs> you may have to go across a track to find your blessing. God didn't promise you to save you and bless you in your neighborhood. How bad do you want it? See, see, see. You're trying to go to the palace. You think it's in your clothes, but the palace and the clothes can't save you. Truth of the matter, your deliverance might be in a place, but you got to be humble enough to leave your zip code and go somewhere because where God is trying to take you has purpose. How bad do you want it? This leprosy is going to cause Naaman to access his own level of humility. And sometimes we don't talk a lot about humility because we see humility as weakness, but man, you gotta be strong to submit. It takes a strong person to submit. Any two weak people can get in an argument and not give up. But you got to be strong to say, I'll take the low road. Humility is about strength, not weakness. And he says, Naaman, if you do what this girl says, this is the doorway to humility. And humility works when the mighty stoops. Humility works when the mighty stoops. 
I'll show you what that looks like. When you get a chance, go read John chapter 8. You'll find that, that, that the Pharisees brought this woman caught in the middle of adultery. And, and they said, you know, what are we going to do about this? Now, if you had time, I could share with you, it's in the Bible, why the man ain't there. There's, there's the biblical principle, why is that? We ain't got to make it up. It is actually there. Yeah. Y'all want me to do it real quick? Come on. Okay. Well, I'm trying to stay this, but somebody said, well, well, what is that about? Here, let me get, get this real quick. Here's the thing. They brought a woman caught in the middle of adultery. She's a Jew. The law says, if you catch them, both of them shall die. But they only brought the woman. Connect that to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 when the young man is having uh, relations with his daddy's wife. Y'all follow that? And when it comes time, Paul says, y'all need to discipline this boy who is in covenant with God. Discipline the boy. He says nothing about the woman. They know who the woman is. She's married to one of the brothers at Corinth. But they do nothing about the woman. You know why? Because Paul would later say, discipline the boy for I have nothing to do with unbelievers. God would take care of her. The reason they didn't bring the man is the man ain't a Jew. You cannot apply Moses' law to folk who are not under the law. Y'all see that? That's for another time. Anyhow. But Jesus, they, they bring the woman. They said, what are we going to do about this? He looks at him and he starts writing on the ground. Look what he's doing, though. I told you, humility works when the mighty stoop. And Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh is stooping. And when God stoops, humility works. He comes from heaven. That's stooping. Because it works when the mighty stoops. How bad do you want to watch the application? So here's what he got. He goes uh, to this man. And he goes to the prophet's house. I can't believe I got to go to a prophet's house when I just left the king. And when he gets to the prophet's house, the prophet won't even see him. Watch ego. Do you know who is standing outside your door? I just left your president. And here I am standing before a prophet's house and you have the audacity not to even come and talk to me? Ain't got to take this. And you don't. But I tell you this, you can go home the same way you came. Get an attitude if you want to. You got to put that armor back on and keep it on. But he says, I don't have to take this. Man, when life has happened in such a way, some things will bring you to your knees that you don't care what it costs. That if I know there's healing there, if there's a prophet that can heal me, I'm on my way. Some of you are here this morning at Mountain View because life has handled you in such a way and you're looking for deliverance. And you found out, you heard that there was a prophet from Little Rock in town one day 
I tell you, I boy. <laughs> and some of you want to be delivered. He goes to the prophet. <laughs> he goes to the prophet. And the prophet sends his, his servant. Young Elisha tells him, if you want to be healed, your healing is go to Dirty Jordan to get your healing. If you're willing to go low enough, God says, I'll heal you. If you're willing to go low enough, I'll heal you. All he says, you've been trying to go up, but the quickest way up is to go down. And I'm going to do it for you. With all that armor, with all that prestige, with all that ego, if you're willing to go low enough, I take care of it. What is God trying to wash out of Naaman? Can I tell you something? The leprosy on the outside is really a symbol of what's eating Naaman on the inside. But if you're willing to go low enough, I can fix this. How bad do you want it? Whatever God is trying to do, he's trying to get Naaman to go low enough. He's trying to get him to go low. Problem is you care more about your image you care more about what people think about you as opposed to getting healed. Your healing is in humility. How low? How low? Watch this. All of that. Naaman says, all right. This is ridiculous. I'm going to the house. The little maiden said, wait a minute now. She says, wait a minute. We came all this way. You came a leper. If you leave with that attitude, you go leave a leper. Now, if the man had told you to do something great because you're a man of good stature and ego, you'd have done it. But all he's asking you to do is something simple. All he's asking you to do is humble yourself. Listen, his healing is really not the Jordan. It's humility. It's not the Jordan River that cleansed them. It's humility. And the prophet's servant says, go to dirty Jordan, dip seven times, you're going to be fine. And I can imagine he go to that water. And it takes time to take off all that armor. Taking off his boots, complaining, this is ridiculous. Hope nobody see me. What the folk go think if they see me like this and then and all that. See, it takes time for you to dress up the stuff you're covering. You took all that time this morning to dress up all that stuff. You want to make sure nobody sees. But when it comes to healing, you got to take all that stuff off. And that takes time. 
you can't get it with all that armor on your body. He's taking it off. Bible says he dips. He comes up. He said it didn't work. He dips a second time. Comes up. It didn't work. Y'all follow me? Third time, fourth time, still didn't work. He says, y'all sure this gonna work? It's about your humility. Six times, seven times. The Bible says seven times he comes up and he's healed and he's free of leprosy. That's what he wanted. Can I tell you something? And many times when we talk about Naaman, that's the point where we're trying to get to. We want him to be free of leprosy. That's wonderful. He's cleansed. He can go back to life as normal before leprosy, but that's not God's point. See, we baptize or get your sins washed and we stop. But that's not God's point. That was about humility. That was about you claiming whose side you're on. But what is life like after? Why did I have to go through it in the first place? Can I show you some application and I'm done? Y'all all right? Most time you teach that, you'll stop right there. You know, we got him healed. Is that right? He's healed. He's clean. And we praise God. We hallelujah. And rightfully so. But Naaman's problem had purpose. Naaman was a captain of the army in Aram. Aram were idolaters. They didn't worship Jehovah. Watch God problems with purpose. God took somebody that the Arameans respected, made him sick, and said your answer is in Israel who serves the God of Israel. And so Naaman, who is an idolater, gets sick, goes to Israel to find a prophet. He obeys, he submits in humility. God heals him. The Bible says when he's healed, Naaman says, I need to buy two oxen. I need to take some dirt from Israel. Because I need to take these oxen back to Aram and set up an altar. I want to sacrifice to the God of Israel who cleansed me of this leprosy. Why did he go through it? When Naaman gets back to Aram and makes a sacrifice to the God of Israel, all of a sudden, all of Aram knows about the God of Israel and he took somebody they respected, made him sick to teach them that there is a God. All of it had purpose. See, the people you're trying to get to come to church with you may never come. But they may be introduced to the God you serve by watching you survive the problem that you go through. And when they see you surviving and know the only way you get out of this is somebody beyond you have to do it. And when they see you sustained, they say, I want what they got. But the only way you get that is man, you got to be willing to dip. You got to be willing to bend. You got to be willing to be broken. 
We don't talk much about being broken, but I'm going to tell you, your best blessings come through breakings. Yes, sir. That's all through the Bible. You get a, you get a moment, you get a moment, go read uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. The Bible tells us he had two fish and five loaves, but when he prayed and broke it, it multiplied. You're trying to avoid being broken, but God can't multiply you if you're not willing to be broken. It's in the blessing is in the breaking. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. God says, but every now and then, I have to break you. And even though it looks like I'm going to kill you, I'm trying to bless you. And if you're willing to show humility and just dip, I swear I can get you out of it. If you're just willing to take up all that armor, that facade, you look good on the outside, but torn apart on the inside. Man, if you just dip, I can get you out of it. If you're willing to stop caring about what folk go think about it. Truth of the matter, the person sitting next to you got something going on too. The difference is whether or not you're going to have the humility enough to bend and dip that God can heal you. He says, I swear I can get you out of it. I just need to know how bad do you want it. Metaphorically, some of us are plagued with leprosy. Our phalanges are not falling off. We're not having skin issues like that. But somebody is plagued with a secret that's eating you away. And you keep dressing it up every morning. You get up early to make sure you have time to, to, to cover it up to make sure nobody can see it. And you go back and look and see if you left any spots to, to see if you got to put an extra layer of uh, uh, foundation. Is that what it is? <laughs> we, we, sometimes we put it on to the point where we don't even recognize who you are. Here's the thing about that. If you take all of that time to put it on, it takes that same time and sometimes longer to take it off. And if you do it too long, you will lose who you really are to who you pretend to be. And all God is asking, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to dip that he can save you? Naaman was a leper, but he was a leper with purpose. God says, I'm going to use name a situation to bless a whole nation. Can I tell you this? Whatever you're going through, if you see it right, this is how you see it. God says, whatever you're going through, if you see it right, I'll use whatever you're going through to not just teach you whatever's dread in your life I'll use it to move you to the place I've been wanting to give you for a long time but I needed you to humble yourself I needed you to just humble yourself
It's in humility that he says, I'll save you. Stop talking about it. Stop complaining about it. Stop reasoning about it. Be quiet and just dip and let him heal you. Stop trying to have your way and just dip again. God says, if you just be silent and show humility and just dip, I swear I can get you out of it. I promise I can get you out of it. That problem you have has purpose. It has purpose. It's how you see it. If you see it right this morning and you're willing to humble yourself and just dip, God says, I swear, I can fix this for you. And you can go home better than you've come. As a child of God, if you walk contrary to his will, in just a moment, we go sing, we go stand. That's a good moment for you to come. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Be willing to dip. It's a metaphor of I'm giving it over to Almighty God. I am expressing humility to a God that loves me more than I love myself. If you hear you're not a child of the king, come full of faith. Believing that he is, be willing to repent of your sins. Confess him to be the Christ. We're baptizing water this morning for remission of sin. He'll wash your sins away. That's dipping. You become the possessor of the Holy Spirit. Live, work, and worship according to his will. When God of heaven calls time to be no more as you and I know it. You hear him say, well done. Well done. And when he says well done, he's saying well done to a spirit that knows how to dip. If you're willing to humble yourself before the Lord, man, I should have come right now. As together we stand.